possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Welcome to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. I'll be your host for this podcast series. My guest today is the actor, writer, director, Chaz Palminteri, who will be bringing his one-man show, A Bronx Tale, to the Waterbury Palace Theater on Friday, October 1st and Saturday, October 2nd. Welcome to the Broadway Buzz. It's nice to be here, Stuart. So I'm going to assume, which I know is not a good thing to do, but I'm going to assume a lot of listeners are not really familiar with the one-man show, A Bronx Tale, because there have been so many iterations of A Bronx Tale, but it really started as a one-man show back in the late 1980s. So I thought, let's start off with, really, if yeah. you can talk about the genesis and of, sure. the, of the show. I, absolutely. I can tell you the whole story, how it all happened. I, I got to L.A. Uh, in 1986. When I got there, I started, I, I really clicked right away. I was an actor. I got on Hill Street Blues, a, a show called Matlock Dallas, and I started you know, get him doing guest star roles. I, so I had some money. I put it away. And then I finally, when I started running out of money, I got a job as a bouncer because I used to box and I used to run, run a door in New York. So I got a job as a bouncer. I ran out of money. I said, all right, I got to get a job again. So I, I worked this door, this swanky club in Beverly Hills. This is 1988. So I was there one night and all of a sudden it was a very big party. And this one guy came up to me and he started really... He was late and he started abusing me. Hey, let me in. Who are you? I don't care who you are. I got to get in. He was really nasty to me. And, I, and he said, don't you know who I am? And when he said that to me, I said, yeah, the other guy is not getting in tonight. <laughs> so he really got mad. He said, you're going to get fired in 15 minutes. I said, really? Yeah, sure. And who was that guy? It was his party that they were having. And the man was Swifty Lazar. Swifty Lazar, for those of you who don't know, was the biggest agent in the world at the time, theatrical agent, book agent. And I just told him he couldn't come into his own party. So just like he said, 15 minutes later, I got fired. Just like he said, I went back to my little dumpy apartment in, in uh, North Hollywood. And I said, what am I going to do? I looked on the, my refrigerator and there was a card there. My father wrote, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. It was my inspiration card. He wrote that when I was nine years old. And here I was, I see this card, and I said, well, if they won't give me a great part, I'll write one myself. I went to Thrifty Drugstore, I got five tabs of yellow paper. I came back and I said, what am I going to write about? I'll write about this killing that I saw when I was nine years old. So I wrote a five-minute piece of this killing that I saw, and I performed it for my theater workshop. And they just went crazy for it. So each week I would write more and perform it on Monday night. At the end of one year... I had 90 minutes of this one-man show where I played all the parts. Now, Stuart, it wasn't like a one-man show where people just, you know, they drink water, they tell stories. I did a movie on stage by myself, a whole movie. I did it. I borrowed some money. I performed it at this little theater for 60 seats, and it exploded. It was like a phenomenon. People just, crowds were coming 
so many crowds came that I had to move into a big theater, 300-seat theater. The reviews came out from the LA Times, the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, that it was like incredible. So I got offered $250,000 for just the story. And I said, yeah, but that's great. But I want to play Sonny and I want to write the screenplay. And they said, no, forget, you know, you're, you're terrific, but you're not known. We can't do it with you. So I said, well, then I'm not doing it. Two weeks later, I got offered $500,000. I had $200 in the bank at the time. I was 38 years old. And I said, uh, I'm sorry, I, I have to, I, I wanted, this is my life to play this part. They said, no. I said, well, then I'm not doing it. Finally, I signed with William Morris at the time. And about a month after that, I walked in and I got offered $1 million. And again, he said, if you sign that paper, we'll give you a check for $1 million tomorrow. I said, can I play Sonny? Can I write the screenplay? They said, no. I said, but you don't understand. It's my life. They said, Chaz, we're giving you a million dollars for your life. I asked if there was a men's room. They said, yeah, right there. I walked into the men's room. I looked in the mirror. I washed my face. I had my. I, I looked in my, my pocket. I had the card. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. I said, you know what? If they won't give me a part, I said, I'm going to hold on to this till the very end. I walked out there and I said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And they said, you're going to turn down this money? I said, yes, I am. And they said, you realize this check won't be here if, the, if, when you get, if you go back to New York. I said, I understand that. I said, but I'm doing this m movie and that's it. I left. Two weeks later, I do the show. The crowd stands up. I, got all, I always got a standing ovation. And the stage manager came over to me and said, Chaz, you better go in your dressing room. Robert De Niro just saw the show. He's in your dressing room. He wants to see you. I said, Robert De Niro? They said, yeah. I walked into my dressing room, and there was Bob De Niro sitting there. And he said, man, that's the greatest one-man show I ever saw. He goes, you did a movie on stage. And I said, yeah. He goes, look, I know what's going on. I, I, I heard all about it. He said, but here's what I want to do, Chaz. If you, he goes, you could play Sonny, you'll be great as Sonny. And you should write it because it's your life and it'll be honest. He said, I'll play your father and I'll direct it and we'll go partners. And that's the way it'll be. I did it. I made the deal. And that's what happened. And that career just exploded after that. So looking back at the younger Chaz. Yes. Saying, nope, don't want that. Don't want that. Don't want $1 million. Can you believe now that it's all these years later that you actually did that? You know, it's funny you said that, Stuart, but I think uh, people ask me that. I think about it and they say, how did you do that? And I'm, I'm Sicilian. I'm thick headed. I'm hard headed and I'm very determined. And um, I, I don't know. I think it was divine intervention. I think God was on my shoulder. I always had a God. I always had like a like a guardian angel on my shoulder in my whole life. And, um, you know, I mean, I almost I almost got killed three or four times in my neighborhood. It was just one of those things, you know, I don't know. Now you mentioned that this was not like a one man show, maybe that you've seen. This was, in a sense, a movie that you a were linear doing, movie that's that you were doing all the parts. Yes. That, I'm trying to remember back, you know, in 88 or, you know, back in, in the 80s and the one 
person shows I've seen. No, no. no was no, it something? Was this something new that you yeah. you know that you hadn't really seen that yes, people hadn't seen? This it's never been done then, and it still hasn't been done. Well, that would be incredibly difficult. Um, you know, I yeah. think of some of these like books on tape where people, the actors do different characters in yes, a sense. That's as they correct. I, I, I don't I don't do I don't change clothes. I don't do anything. I do things with accents, hand gestures, body movements and lights. It's the first time anywhere has anything has the same actor did the one man show, the movie and the musical. When I look at the types of one person shows to me the ones that work have a great story you have to have a great actor but you yeah. need a great story that have is a great bring story. the audience in so how about if you talk about with right. you know, the story what you know what is it that audience are standing up to giving giving you that ovation every well, day well it's one it's the feat of doing what i did just artistically to do what i do is is you know, I look at it. I don't even know how I did it. I think, you know, poverty brings strange things out of people. It makes you work really hard and it makes you try things that, you know, never been done before. So I, I think the gift of poverty that I got from my parents was the best thing that ever happened to me because I worked really hard at it. But I just said I was always a great storyteller and I don't use a set. I have a chair. That's it. That's it. I've been doing this. This will be my. 989th show and you'll see I, I don't know if have you ever seen the one-man show Stuart no I have not I'm okay. hoping to get I there hope, I hope you're there and come to see it because I look I've done uh, 65 movies I don't brag about anything but this is the only thing I go if you've never got a chance to see this come and see this people have said it's better than a movie better than the musical uh, because I'm the guy. I am the guy. I'm collodial. So it's me, you know, and uh, it, it's, it's just, uh, you know, great story. Well, for me personally, there's nothing like live theater. So right. you could have, you know, you could make the movie version, the this version. But to have that actor who has a great story, great presentation that you are connecting with on so many different levels. Yes. Where you can. Because, you know, I, I, I've seen the musical and I know the, the musical, the, the libretto for the musical is the same as the one person show. And you really get involved in that. Yes. And, and, and that's what I think is so magical about theater is that you do connect. Well, think, yeah, exactly right. But think of how great the story has to be that it translate from a one man show to a major movie to a musical. I mean, it's never been done before. Ever, ever. I say to the people who never got a chance to uh, never got a chance to see the one man show. That's why I brought it back. It was such a huge hit when I first did it in 1988, 1989. I brought it back to Broadway in 207 and people still want to see it. And I've been doing it now for the past on and off for the past uh, 34 years. If anybody ever wants to see it, all they have to do is go to chazpalmentary.net and my whole I'm, I'm booked for this whole year and next year and next year all over the United States. People can't get enough of it, Stuart. People come to see this thing. There was a contest on who saw it the most. One person traveled the country and saw it all while I was on tour. One person saw it 77 times. And I guarantee it that if you see it, 
you will want to see it again. And I'm not overselling it. I'm really not. I'm not afraid to oversell it because when you will see it, you will say, how is this possible? How could one person do this? I don't even know how I did it. I feel like when I get on stage, I feel like there's a light that comes down through me from God. I swear to God. And then when the, when the shows, when they stand up and clap, I kind of wake up. I really don't know how I do this. It was an idea I had. When you see me clap, I do claps. It, they're like film cuts. It goes from one scene to the other. And I'm playing all the parts. And I'm the guy. I'm Calodro, the little boy at nine years old. I mean, the life I had, people always go, you should do a, a Bronx Tale too. And I go, how could anything top the first 18 <laughs> years of my life? You know, what am I going to say? Oh, I'm a movie star and I make, and I make movies. What's so happy? What's so, you know, the first 18 years were incredible. I had a relationship with a black girl. Okay. Where I fell in love with it. This is 1968. This is Martin Luther King got assassinated. Robert Kennedy got assassinated. The world was on fire. And I'm over here having a relationship with a black woman at 18 years, 17 years old. Sonny, who was this guy who I saw, the way you saw it in the movie and the musical, that's exactly the way it happened. I was sitting on my stoop. I thought they were fighting over a parking space, these two cars. One guy gets out with a baseball bat, smashes the window. The guy gets out of the car, blooding, right? The guy goes to hit him again. And this Sonny comes flying from the corner and kills the guy before he hits him again with the baseball bat. And he stood right, and he stared right at me. I mean, I stared at him and we stared at each other. And that's the first time he ever looked at me, ever. And then he walked away. And then my father, next minute I knew my father was dragging me up the steps. My mother was crying. She thought I was hit. My father was saying, you know, You're, are you okay? You're okay. And when the cops came, I didn't rat on them. Even at nine years old, I knew better not to rat in that neighborhood. Nothing was lower than a rat. And the next day when he saw me, he kind of stared at me and I looked at him and he looked at me and it was like, yeah, I know that you know that I know. <laughs> and then little by little, he said, hey, kid, you want to get me some cappuccino? And before I knew it, I was like hanging in the bar, making the guys cappuccino, cutting the lemons and the limes, you know. And, but my father was like, hey, you can't go in there. You know, you can't go to that bar. But see, here's, the, here's why the story is so unique. Sonny was telling me exactly the same things of my father. Go to school. Don't be, don't be like me. Make something out of yourself. My father was saying the same things. But it wasn't so. It's not about black versus a white. It's not about good versus evil. It's about gray versus gray. Who was to judge who was evil and who was good? You know, my father was saying the same things, but he's saying you're going to be influenced by this person, by those people. You, he goes, you, you won't be able to stop it. And he was right in a way. I got seduced by money and the diamonds and the rings and the girls. And, but in the end, you know, it worked out pretty well. This is a great place to take a quick break. Okay. And then we're going to come back and hear more from Chaz Palmateri about a Bronx tale that will be at the Waterbury Palace Theater on October 1 and 2. 
Where can you hear the best music from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer, soundsofbroadway.com, your 24-7 online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals from the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsofbroadway.com. Let's go on with the show. We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward at whatever pace is right for you. Whether you're taking small steps or big, bold ones. Whether you're refocusing on your future, re-energizing your business, or reconnecting with everyone you love, Webster will help you take your next steps on your time. Welcome back to the Broadway Buzz. I am speaking with actor, director, writer, Chaz Palmateri who is going to be at the Palace Theater on October 1 and 2 with his one-man show, A Bronx Tale. And during the break, I was, I was saying to you, Chaz, that you're making me excited about this show. Yeah. And, you know, I know it's your show and you've been, you're so passionate, but you're doing a really good job in wanting to make myself and I think the listeners want to go see, well, what's this guy talking about? Why is he so excited about this show? Well, yeah, I'm so excited by it because this is the genesis of one of the classic movies of all time and one of the great musicals of all. So I'm I'm telling you, this is how it started. And I am the guy. No one has ever did a one-man show before like this, where a person does a whole movie on stage. I literally, I've been told... I hypnotize the audience. I totally hypnotize because I hypnotize myself at the end of it when everybody stands up. And I guarantee you, you will stand up. You can't help to stand up. And I I know I sound a little bit like, oh, my God, I sound a little bit like uh, bragging. But you know what? It was one of those once in a lifetime things. And I've written other plays. I've written other things that did well. I hope I can write something, and I still think my best work is be in front of me, but this is like lightning in a bottle. When I did Broadway, Stuart, the guy told me, uh, the head, the, going to the movie theater, he said, Chaz, it's the only time I have ever seen people leave the theater and get online to buy tickets again. He goes, I saw it two other times. He saw it, Phantom of the Opera, Jersey Boys, and Bronx Tale. He says, it's the only time I've ever seen people leave the theater and get online to buy tickets again, to see it again, or buy tickets for a family member. It's the only time. So that's how confident I am about this one-man show. It's your baby. It's your grandchild. I mean, when you're showing pictures and things, you're not, you know, you're kind of bragging, but you're proud. This is 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 my life. My father, Lorenzo, who was a bus driver, you know, and my mother, Rosina, two Sicilian people who came to this country and they saw all my success. My my mother lived to be 97. My father lived to be 90. So they saw all my success. And for them to see all of this and for me is to make them out there, Lorenzo, Palmenteri and Rosina, it's, it's a great thing to me. It's a great thing to me. What was their reaction when they saw the one man show? Oh my God, they cried. You know, they were, I'll never forget it. When they first saw it, when I did it in New York, they sat next to Maya Koch. Maya Koch was in the audience and they were like, I'm sitting next to the mayor. What <laughs> is this? What's going on here? You know what I mean? So they were blown away by it. Then to see the movie, 
My father had to hang out with Robert De Niro for a month because Robert De Niro wanted to get to know get to know him and pick up his mannerisms. What about when when you went back to the neighborhood and and for people that aren't familiar, this is in the Bronx. Yeah, one eighty seventh and uh, uh, Belmont Avenue. That's correct. So, what was the reaction of people you knew in the neighborhood or that when you were growing up about the one man show? People, everything. Yes, a lot of people loved it. <laughs> I did get mentioned that I had to change some names, so I did. So they came on to me that Chaz, I don't mind, but could you do me a favor? Do you ever go back to? Uh, oh to yeah, I go, I go back all the time. I go back to my neighborhood all the time. I go back once a month to go shopping. I go to, uh, you know, Mike's Deli and uh, Gino's Pastry and Casa Mozzarella, Title Brothers. You know, uh, I go to all these great places to eat and uh, I have a great time. When you were doing this, you were an actor, $200 in his pocket, and then the succession of success. And I was just looking at your bio and you went from the film A Bronx Tale in 93, the following year nominated for an Academy Award, Bullets Over Broadway. The next year, the film, The Usual Suspects, which if anyone is listening who has never seen that film, that is, as far as the ensemble and the ending, just blow you away. So rapid succession. And then, like you said, everything. Everything just blew up after Bronx Tale because that's what it takes. You got to get seen. and, 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 you know, I felt... That's why I held out and I had to do it because I knew I deserved to make it. I knew I had talent. And I said, okay. And and once people saw me, you know, I got nominated for the Academy Award. Then we won the award in Usual Suspects for uh, Best Ensemble. And we won, you know, it just kept rolling from there. And I've been on a roll ever since for the past, you know, 30 something years. You mentioned that you've still been writing and that there's still a story to be told. Yes. Is there anything? that has been percolating that oh, you I'm want writing, to share? I'm writing, or? I'm writing, I can't share it. I'm writing another Broadway play right now. Uh, a two-hander, just two people on a bench. And I'm really excited by it. And I hope one day that we'll see if it gets to Broadway. I hope so. So it'll be a, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, I'm Not Rappaport. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So yeah, sort cool. of like uh, two guys on a bench just chatting. Yeah. Is it true that you came to the Palace Theater to see the musical, The Bronx Tale? Yes. And that you fell in love with the theater itself? Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Um, And I said, you know what would be really great? That people who saw the musical, they probably saw the movie, but they never saw the one-man show. So the people at the Palace Theater, I say to you, is that you have the beauty of seeing it backwards. And a lot of people who see it backwards love it even more than seeing it frontwards. Because you've seen the musical, you saw the movie, and now you're going to see the genesis of how it all started. Your story is a lot about self-determination, grit. Yeah. So if you were doing a master class or you were talking to people in your position when you were that young man yeah. starting out, what, what would you say to them? Well, would it's you funny. Give them that-, that card from your father and say, I'm not going to tell you anything. Here, read this. It's funny you say that because I do, I have a podcast, Chaz Palminteri Show, and I talk about all these things. I talk about life lessons and I talk to, uh, I talk to young actors. I, I, you know, it, it's a wonderful podcast that's just really exploding now, uh, Chaz Palminteri Show. And what I do is I tell them that the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. That's what my father said to me. So you don't know what you have inside so, but your idea is what you got to do is not waste it. 
Always move forward. As long as you're moving forward, you're not wasting it. Look, you'll always have that voice inside your head saying you can't do this. But you know what? There's another voice inside your head saying you can do this. You know, it's very hard to be negative. It's very hard to listen to a negative. It's very simple. If I tell you, please don't think of the word elephant, you're going to think of the word elephant. You can't hold on to a negative thought. I say always go forward. Keep going forward. Make the dominoes fall in the right direction. As long as the dominoes fall in the right direction, you're moving forward and good things could happen. Once you stop, nothing could happen. Once you stop moving forward, you lose hope. And hope is the greatest thing of all. So I tell people, if you want to succeed, no matter what, actor, writer, director, I don't care what it is, you got to keep moving forward. As long as you move forward towards your goal, good things will happen. And that's a great life lesson, like you said, not just for people in the acting profession, no, any right. profession. Any if you profession. just sit back. If you sit back, nobody's going to knock on your door, Stuart, and say, oh, hi, is Stuart here? Well, I have an opportunity <laughs> for him. It's not going to happen. Woody Allen told me, that's Woody Allen's words. He said, I asked him once, I said, Woody, what is the most important thing for, for success? What would you give? Because I, I talk to a lot of people. What is your opinion? And he said, Chaz, 85% of life, of success in life is just showing up. And I never forgot that. And he's right. Show up. Show up. You mentioned that you've played the role almost a thousand times and you're yeah. on tour. Has the tour always been sort of going on throughout your career or in the last year or so you decided, you know what, I'm going to take it on a nationwide tour because now is the time to do this. Yes. Exactly. I did do a nationwide tour in 207 and people love it so much that I said, you know what? I'm getting a little older now. How much longer? I mean, physically, it's it's really, I mean, I have to work out. I work, I mean, I'm a fanatic. I work out all the time. I work out six days a week. I, I rehearse on the treadmill. When I'm on the treadmill, that's when I run my show. Then I go, you know what? Now's the time. Now's the time to do this. So I don't know how many more years I'm going to do it, but I say, if you never saw it, put it on your bucket list and see it because you will be one of those people who will walk outside and try to buy tickets again. This is demanding. You're oh, yeah. on stage. It's you, like you said, right. 90 minutes doing everything. I mean, even if I just personally just stood on stage for 90 minutes, that's tiring. Exactly. I'm, I'm flying back and forth the whole stage with lights and action and doing these things. It's, uh, it's just so exhilarating to me, but it's so exciting. It's the most I'm alive anytime. Chaz, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your very valuable schedule for talking about this one-man show that you've created, that you've done so many times, A Bronx Tale. I, I think, I know I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready. After we get done, I'm going to call for my tickets. Right. I think a lot of people listening are going to do this because it is a part of the fabric of the entertainment world. Like you said, in the late 80s, all the way through, I think, what was it? The show opened on, the musical opened on Broadway in 2016. Right. And there's been so much life to this right. that I, I think it's going to be incredibly enjoyable. It will be. It will be. It'll be something. It'll be a night at the theater that people will not forget. Guaranteed. Great. I've been speaking with Chaz Palminteri, writer, director, actor. 
who will be bringing his one-man show, A Bronx Tale, to the Waterbury Palace Theater on Friday, October 1, and Saturday, October 2. You have been listening to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com playing the best from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me on our next podcast episode. Until then, stay safe, be well, and be informed with the Broadway buzz. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace.